Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilbur, and I'm excited to be with you today. I'm sitting here with Chef Jennifer Hill Booker, and Chef Jennifer is the chef and one of the owners of the Bauhaus Beer Garden in Springdale, Arkansas. It's one of the brand new restaurants that has just hit the scene in Northwest Arkansas, and I got to tell you, as a lover of German beers, And just, you know, I spent time over in Germany. I've shared that before on the podcast. It is, I'm excited to sit down. And and I think I I saw the other day that you guys had posted something on Instagram for Paulina Hefeweizen beer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm (laughs) I'm being taken back. So I'm really excited to partake in some of the collection and assortment of beers that you're going to find at the Bauhaus Beer Garden. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Mm -hmm. I really want us 
this audience to learn a little bit more about Chef Jennifer Hill. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I would love for you to share your superhero origin story with our audience so they know who Chef Jennifer Hill is. Oh, my gosh. I feel like the older I get, the longer it takes to tell this story. So I'll just uh, keep it brief. I think I'll go backwards. So I'm currently in Springdale, Arkansas, and moved into the region earlier this year to open up Bauhaus Beer Garden, which is a German-style beer garden. And what that means is we have a bar with German, European, and Wisconsin beers. And I'll talk about why Wisconsin a little later. And then we have German beer garden foods, so bratwurst, currywurst, giant pretzels, sauerkraut, all those fun things. And I came to the region because this was a wonderful opportunity. And as a chef of 20 plus years, I've been offered maybe twice in my career the opportunity to open a restaurant, but not as an owner. Yeah. So and not even cooking, you know, the style of food that I wanted to cook. So I'd been coming to Northwest Arkansas with uh, James Beard Foundation doing some work in Bentonville at uh, Brightwater. Culinary school and uh, met my now business partner, Daniel Hintz. And he was like, Hey, I want to open up a bar. You want to open up a restaurant. We should do something together. And initially, <laughs> I was like, Who is this guy? I, I don't know you, sir. Yes. But over time, over a couple of years, I got to meet him and his family, other people in the area, business partners, and decided to invest in Springdale, Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. So that brought me here. And, uh, you know, if you talk about culinary schools and uh, went to University of Tulsa, actually, for my undergrad. Okay. Left Oklahoma and said, I will never be back. <laughs> and God said, okay, we'll see. And so were you so born and raised there? I not? was not. Oh, my gosh, Randy. So I was actually born in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. My parents buried young, like their generation did, and were attending a University of Michigan. And uh, so I was born right there. Okay. At the right. school. Lived there in Detroit, in New York, in Florida, and we moved to Tulsa because my dad worked for Chrysler Corporation. Oh, nice. And we had a Dodge dealership, East Tulsa Dodge. Okay. So they ripped me from Orlando, Florida the (laughs) summer before my senior year of high school. I survived. I survived. And uh, so I went to Booker T. Washington for my senior year of high school, which was amazing. I never experienced that type of magnet school and deep history and black community. So that was cool. Then went to University of Tulsa. Yep. Graduated and then went to Oklahoma State University Institute of Technology. Okay. And got my culinary degree. Okay. Worked in the industry uh, several years and had the opportunity to go to Le Cordon Bleu in Paris. Woo. France, We've not We've all Texas. heard of that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that experience like? It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. I was married. We didn't have children at the time or a mortgage or bills. You know, he was an army officer. So we were stationed actually in Heidelberg. Okay. And I lived in Paris for a year and I would come home for a weekend or he'd come up to Paris for a weekend. So it was just really a magical time in my life. And then the school was just everything I wanted to be. It was very challenging. Sure. And it was very rigorous. Sure. My um, French Eighth grade French paid off. <laughs> no, I took French from like eighth grade through, I think, my second year of college. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> yes. So I, I did all right. It, yeah. was, it was wonderful. Oh, that's great. So let me ask you this, because I do want to go back to as, as a child, a, a little girl growing up, did you have a fascination with the kitchen? Were you that type of child that your mom was always trying to sh- shoo out of the kitchen? Or were you part and parcel of every meal that she ever made? 
No, always fascination, maybe not with the kitchen, but definitely with the love and fellowship that went around food. Yeah, absolutely. And family at the dinner table. And so our family is from the Mississippi Delta and my grandparents and great aunts and uncles farm their land there. So I grew up, you know, every summer, every holiday, learning about the land or raising chickens or hogs and and all that went into that. Sure. And then, of course, right, the smells and the taste and the colors (laughs) and the textures. So I just always loved it. And then at that time, and I may be dating myself, but uh, Julia Child's show came on. Sure. Right? PBS. So my middle sister, Naomi, and I would fight because she'd want to watch something else and I'd want to watch that on Sunday. I think it came on Sunday nights. But I was just fascinated by it. And so I would cook and my mom was very accepting to let me experiment (laughs) in the kitchen. Yeah. And I went through my colored food phase. So it was like blue mashed potatoes, green cornbread, oh, wow. you know, until yeah, finally yeah. they were like, okay, enough. We're, we're, we don't like this one so much. <laughs> but no, everyone was very encouraging. Very encouraging. No, that's awesome. So, well, and my last question about Tulsa specifically, were you, how soon after you moved to Tulsa, because you were, you know, almost an adult, mm-hmm. that you were, you became aware of the history of Tulsa or were you already aware of it before you got there? Absolutely unaware. Wow. Had never been taught anything about Greenwood right. or the uh, race riots, which I think have been renamed uh, race massacre. Sure. Right. Sure. Which really what it was. Right. And so to be quite honest and maybe tell a little of the ignorance of our <laughs> education system, had to find Oklahoma in the map. Yep. Right. When we moved <laughs> and we we're like, where's Oklahoma? Yeah. So um, living there and learning about that history, Oklahoma of the Sooner State, Mm -hmm. of the Native Americans, of the freed slaves, and unfortunately of the racism that was still existing there when I moved there. Sure. Yeah. So it was was eye-opening, but it was also a sense of pride that these people, my ancestors, created Mm -hmm. something that was, you know, unprecedented at the time and even now. Yeah, absolutely. Have you been to the new museum that's there? I have not. I'll have to go back. It's, I've heard it. It's worth a trip. Yeah, yeah, I'll have it's, to go back. It's, it's pretty impressive, so nice. to say the least. But we know that you're busy because you've got something going on. But I actually ran into you. So I think when I first met you, you came in for a Roots program. Yes. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember you were still in Atlanta I at was, the time. Absolutely. Yeah, so and I know my wife and I were like, oh, man, this sister's mm-hmm. here. From Atlanta, she's going to be cooking. And I remember your food was really good. And, and uh, I really enjoyed that. I think it was the one the year that uh, they were it was outside at the Pratt House. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it was last year or maybe it was. It, ben, maybe, I think this is my uh, third uh, year. Yeah, I, yeah it's, it's, it, the years blur away. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but that's where we first got introduced to you. Then I connected with you again through a program called Curate. Yeah. And we've had the folks from Curate on the podcast. And that's a really good program. Did you want to just kind of just share with everybody what Curate is all about? Absolutely. And, and what your experience was like? Yeah, sure. So Curate was introduced to me as a program for entrepreneurs that were in the food industry in Northwest Arkansas. So it was very specific. But the cool thing was they were entrepreneurs. We were at every level. Some were just opening up of their business. Mm-hmm. Some were wanting to scale their business, meaning they want to open up a second location or move from a small kiosk into a brick and mortar. Sure. And so during the time, it was pandemic. Right. And I wasn't working and I started my spice line, Your Resident Gourmet Cooks. And I was like, well, this is an excellent time to 
learn more about this type of business, which was new to me, especially in a region that I'm moving to. And I got to meet a lot of really innovative owners. Mm -hmm. So it was it was great. Gosh, what's Kim's last name? Do you know, Randy? Oh, man, I'm <laughs> terrible Boyd? with names. No. And, and it's just I'm just drawing a blank right now. And I apologize, Kim, for that. But, but, <laughs> I but Kim is a firecracker mm. of energy. And she came in from Washington to the Washington, D.C. area and just, you know, has not looked back in right, terms absolutely. of what she's done with Curate. And I think they're in their third cohort, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And were you part of the first or the second? I feel like I was part of the first cohort. Right. No, I take that back. It was a second because we were able to look at some of the past recipients who did their pitch competition. Sure, yep. sure. Okay. Yep. But no, it was, it, I learned a lot. Right. It was very worth my time and energy. And I had taken another business course, which okay. was, I think this curate for me was more about marketing my product. Right, right. Which a lot of us, we know how to make that perfect cookie or that delicious spice blend. And then it becomes a now what? How do I get people to purchase it? Yeah. And Curate really put a fine point on, okay, this is how you market it. This is what it costs. This is the arena you have to go to to do so. Right. Even internationally, like that was one of our courses was, okay, you have the Spice Line Duck Duck Chicken Poultry Seasoning and Rub, which they really love in Germany. How do you get it there? Sure. So, I mean, these were things I hadn't thought about yet. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. And you also did... Didn't you do like a lemonade mixture? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> so I was like, I, I, got, I got that. And we we used that up right away. So <laughs> the, the, my kids loved it. So oh, yes. it was really good. Yeah, so. the Juneteenth Jubilee right. lemonade <laughs> yes, punch. Yes, yes, yes. And I think we used it and gave a little history lesson nice. uh, about Juneteenth, yes. even though like lemonade and Juneteenth wasn't amazing. But I, I understand the idea behind mm-hmm, it. So mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. And the kids like it. I mean, they're not powdered drink guys or mm-hmm. for the most part I have three boys but mm-hmm. but they really did enjoy that oh nice so, yeah, yeah. And the, the history of the hibiscus right which comes from west africa sure you know sure. mimics the cola plant so that's that tie-in to our to our history yeah no that i thought that was uh that thought that was really good so yeah i think that's a great program and i, I would encourage anybody that's here locally in northwest arkansas that you know if you have a culinary background or maybe you're trying to reignite yourself in that way wouldn't you recommend Curate to them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and it's different parts. So you can take the business course and then there's pitch competition. So yeah. if you yeah. feel confident, or even if you don't feel confident, I did my pitch. I was not confident, but I did it <laughs> and I felt better for it. And right. then the next time I had to pitch, I you knew kind of how to refine that. And, you know, and actually I was a judge for one of those competitions. I think it was your competition. Yes, and because I did it not was win, a, Yes, I know. And I, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, there was a bunch of people that didn't win. It was actually a very tough decision that we made. I mean, there were some really great, I think uh, Ashami Tease mm-hmm. won. He and, did. And, he was uh, my cohort. Ola is, is my man and his teas are, are amazing. He's, his teas are now in Ozark Natural Foods. Of course, you can get them online, Amazon and everywhere. And He's just a really good guy. But yeah, he, he ultimately won. And I think it was like $5,000. It was. So, yeah. And for, for him, his tea, he had his company, his teas were packaged and right. he had a really good story. And he was able to use the money for new packaging. Yes. And which that was new smart. packaging mm-hmm. is really nice. It looks good, so, too. Yeah, it looks really, really good. I saw him at the um, the Black-owned NWA Black Expo mm-hmm. that just took place at Theater Squared. So shout out to those guys. But, you know, I just think that you know, there are, are a lot of opportunities out there for food entrepreneurs. Absolutely. You know, whether you want to do a brick and mortar and, and that's kind of where we're going to go next in this conversation, because 
you were doing something where you could theoretically do it out of your home or some variation of it. But now you were representing a restaurant, a place, an establishment that people are going to come on a regular basis. How were you able to kind of flip that switch? Mm -hmm. And was it just something that it was time for you to do? I think it was a mixture of things and the right time, right place, Mm -hmm. right? So as a professional chef, worked in restaurants and country clubs and did a stint as a private chef. So all of those things. And you do. I think any chef who tells you they don't want to own a restaurant is not being 100 percent honest about it. We (laughs) all do. Right. Right. And then so this opportunity came up and it was supposed to be two concepts at the same time. Sure. So we were doing the German beer garden, Bauhaus, and then revival Southern Table. Yep. Uh, And then COVID hit. Right. And so everything slowed down and the pandemic changed how people eat and it's still changing how people eat. So we were able to sit back, think about it and decide how do we want to, you know, reposition that style restaurant. Right. So in the meantime, we have this wonderful beer garden, which has a small bar. It has an airstream that we it's a fixed kitchen that we'll use to cook all the food. And it's beautiful little food truck. And then we have the outdoor, you know, the beer garden. Okay. So the cool thing, or one of the cool things, so we'll have, of course, beer and wine and brats. Yep. But we'll also do different pop-up events. And we'll even do a series from my first cookbook, Phil Peace to Foie Gras, Southern Recipes with a French Accent. Okay. So we can play around and do whatever we want. It doesn't have to be just, you know, German-themed. We have a wine tasting scheduled for September 24th, Okay, which people can come. They're learning about wine. You get some snacks. You get to hang out. So we want to be a place of community where people look to say, hey, what cool culinary events happening at Bauhaus? Sure, yep. sure. And you're, you're taking that whole idea of community even a step further, because at, when I was reading about Bauhaus Beer Garden opening up, you were actually creating like a club. Mm, is yes. that mm-hmm. is that correct? Do you want to tell our sure, audience a little bit about Thank that? You. So yeah. So we have our Stein clubs, which <laughs> Stein is your, you know, your mug in right, German, right. your beer mug. And so you can join the club. There's two levels. And the first, which I find very affordable, is a hundred dollars a year. You have the mug that when you come to the bar, that's your mug to use there forever and ever. Right. Right. You cannot take it home. I will stress that again. You may not take it home. (laughs) And you get a T-shirt. You get some invitation to special events. You get some discounted things. Right. And then we have our Grunstein Club, which is like the Founders Club. And it's $1,500, but it's a lifetime membership. Okay. And uh, you get, you know, the T-shirt and some other goodies that go with it. Right. But we'll have events where we say, hey, this is just for Stein Club members. Come on out. We have a new keg of beer we want to tap. We want you guys to be the first to taste it. You know, or Chef Jen has, you know, this new sausage we're playing around with. We want your input. So that'd be a lot of fun. People are already like so excited to come out. I get emails and texts and walk-ins every day. (laughs) When are you open? We're ready to come. That's funny. So like, because, you know, I I know like like whenever I go to L.A., I go to certain restaurants Mm -hmm. where like people have like their own little mini humidor where they can yes, get their, their cool. cigars and stuff, or like they have their own little mini refrigerator for their wines mm-hmm. and what have you. So you guys are kind of taking it to a whole nother level with beer where, where these clubs give the beer connoisseur or aficionado mm-hmm. a place to come and really partake of, of just really good beer as far as that's concerned. No, that's true. And my business partner, Daniel, so he's from, Milwaukee, right, Wisconsin, right, right. which 
He tries to convince me is a big deal. He never lets you forget he never that, lets right? Me forget. Yeah, I'm like, I don't yeah. really know about that. Um, <laughs> but he knows his beers yeah. and he loves his beers. So he gets super geeked out about it. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. If you know, if if you really feel that'll bring people there. Right. Um, but having talked to other people about, oh, we're gonna have this and that type of beer, and they're like, Oh, well, you're gonna have black cow from Milwaukee, or you're gonna have this from and I'm like no, yeah. <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, definitely be a place for beer lovers to keep an eye out. We won't carry local beer, okay? Because in Springdale, there's several bars, yeah, that carry local. Sure. So sure. we want it to be exclusive that you get your European, your German, and your Wisconsin beers there. Well, and I, I think that's only appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. Because again, that also allows you to kind of separate yourself right. from every other offering out there, right. right? I mean, yeah, I mean Ozark. I mean Ozarks beer company and and so many other local beer companies they their products even black apple cider which right. is right around the corner from where you guys are all that stuff is easily available mm-hmm. but sometimes i mean you can't get paulina hefeweizen or you know some of my other favorite you know some certain ducal vices and right. other mm-hmm. other just really rich german beers you can't find it and people don't understand unless you i mean i lived in germany for a while i know you did you know, unless you have lived there, you don't understand how important beer is oh, gosh, to yes. that culture. Absolutely. Right. I mean, it, you know, I, I could talk about the Reinheitsgebot and, and, yes. and oh, certain yes. other purity laws when yep. it comes to beer making and all that. But let's just say this. The Germans take their beer seriously. Very seriously. And it's interesting you say that. So we have our beer tap system. Sure. You know, we purchase it. And, and I'll be honest, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So we're like, right. OK, we want a six tap system. Right. And then we order our German beers and the kegs are shorter and wider and the tap system's different than the American. So we're like, oh, so we can't get six in. We can only get four if we turn one upside down. You know, it's (laughs) it's a learning curve, but they are very serious and very unique on how their beer is packaged and to keep it as fresh as possible and as effervescent as possible. Yeah. So we're, we're working to make sure that every pour is a perfect uh, experience. Yeah. Because like what's like people don't realize is like, Unlike here in the United States, I mean, we, we've gotten into this whole craft brew movement, mm-hmm. but just imagine every city has their own brewery True. just about. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like they were doing craft brew brews for, for hundreds of years mm-hmm. before we ever got into that. And so that's just that's how serious it yeah. is of a business for them. And I got to say, you have not experienced beer drinking until you've been to an Oktoberfest oh, celebration. Gosh, that, so. is, that is the truth. <laughs> I remember going, this was a graduation trip out of high school, and it was like 40 countries in 10 days. You <laughs> yeah, know, you yeah. just go, go, go. And part of which we were in Germany and able to go to Oktoberfest, and there were two uh, guests on the tour, twins, and uh, one ordered a small beer. Uh-huh. And the waitress looked at him like he was just dirt under her shoe. And she says, no small beers. No small beers. You know, she brings in this liter of beer. Right, right. Those steins are big. They're heavy. They're heavy heavy enough for you to to clink with somebody else's beers and not worry about them breaking. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've been ordering our glassware. And I would say probably about 80% is from Germany. Sure. Just because it's just a... Better quality. It mug. is much I mean, better. I mean, yeah. it's like lifting a small kettlebell, but I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, you're it right. will, you, you were, you get some good forearm workout. You know, if you haven't, if you haven't done your forearm workout, just head over to Bauhaus Beer Garden and uh, <laughs> you can definitely get that in and enjoy some good beer in the process. There you go. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, speaking of your partner, and I, I just want to give a shout out to Daniel Hintz because, you know, he is, um, he was on the podcast mm-hmm. and uh, I want to say it was episode four or five, but, you know, he talked about this whole concept or idea of D 
DNA of place, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And that's just this whole thing about really kind of making the most of the place that you are and and allowing that to really foment and grow so that people can really embrace the culture of a location. And he's been a really big proponent of that. So I'm, I'm glad to see him opening up something like this. And, you know, we run into each other frequently, sometimes out of town because I ran into him in Springfield, uh, Missouri. Oh, wow. But then also just, you know, running into him around this area. The last time I think it was Pizzeria Ruby mm-hmm. and we were both enjoying, I think it was our first time both of us were there and we had nothing but amazing things to say oh, yeah. uh, he, about he Chef Michael Robert it. Shaw. So, but yeah, it, it is, uh, you know, he is definitely, he understands you know, the importance of pouring into the community that you're in. Absolutely. And so you guys have chosen Springdale. And I'm, I'm assuming that that was uh, strategic. Yes. In terms of your choice of location to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So if you look at Northwest Arkansas and kind of the bigger cities, right, if we're talking about Bentonville or Rogers or Fayetteville and Springdale was kind of fourth on the list for development. Mm hmm. So we were able to come in, you know, meet the community, see what it did have, because we don't want to repeat and have competition on the same idea and see maybe what it was missing or what people would like. Yeah. And so we're Springdale's position as a city. We're right by Fayetteville so we can get hopefully very well behaved college kids to come over (laughs) to the beer garden. Right. Right, right, We have a new hospital that's been, you know, built right there in Springdale. Sure. Close enough to Rogers. Right. And then it's a nice adventure from Bentonville to come for something. Right. Yeah. No, I think I think it's it's a great choice. And, and, you know, the downtown Springdale Alliance is really doing a lot of work. You've got the expansion of the parks there, Mm -hmm. uh, the Jones Center expansion that's taking place. So, there's a little bit of everything. And I, actually, I was literally just riding on Emma yesterday. I went down there to the Interform office headquarters. And every time I go on Emma, I see something new. Right. And so that's the really nice thing. That, yeah, I, I'm there. the same. I It's gotten into a habit. Like if I'm out and about and I come home in the evening or even late at night, I'll drive up Emma just to kind of see what's happening, what it's looking like. Yeah. And it makes me think of my grandfather because he would drive uptown. Sure. You know, just to kind of see what's, what's, going, what's going on, on what's yeah, happening. Yeah. Well, I've got some people that have doubled down in terms of investing in Springdale. Oh, Omar, nice. Omar Kasem from mm-hmm. Conquesos is one person, but I'll add you guys to that mix now because you see the real benefit and the, the upside mm-hmm. of being in a place like Springdale. Because when I first moved here in, in 2014, it was not a big deal to ride down Emma. Now it's like I have to slow down to kind of take in yeah. all the new stuff that's yeah. there and it's only going to continue to grow. And I think Springdale is interesting because it's got a very large Marshallese population. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of opportunities for different parts of our community that Springdale is a very diverse community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's I think that's really important to continue to advance that and create more ways for everybody in that whole community to take part and all the good things that are happening. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And don't give me too much credit because there's some days where I'm like, I'm <laughs> out of here, you know, because it's so different from Atlanta. Oh, I you know. know. It's yeah. just much yeah. quieter. It's yep. much slower. Yeah. And some days that is a plus. Yeah. <laughs> and other days I'm like, whoo, oh, it is quiet today. It is. You it know, is. but it's, it's cool to see the mix of people coming in. Yeah. And I attended a Rotary meeting. I guess that was Thursday. Okay. Like, and just to meet, okay. you know, the different people in the community. Which Rotary Club people. did you go to? I thought there was only one in Springdale. Oh, in oh, so oh, Springdale. Springdale. Yeah, oh, the yeah. downtown Springdale downtown Rotary. Springdale. Yeah. We got to get you to the Fayetteville. The, 
the downtown Fayetteville Rotary Club. I'm a member of that club. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them. But we got, we got to get you in there to, to introduce you to the folks there, because I, I believe there's some folks of German origin that would love to drink some beer oh, gosh. In, uh, in Springdale. But no, we, we have we have a healthy relationship with Springdale and nice. the Northside Fayetteville Rotary and the Rogers Rotary. So uh, I'm glad you were able to do. Did you speak there or? I did. I did okay, my, my presentation okay. about. Pretty much what we're talking about, right, kind exactly. of the why and, yeah. and what are you doing sure, and, sure. and all of those. And speaking of Downtown Springdale Alliance, Jill Dabbs asked me to tell you hello. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, Jill is is uh, one of my good friends and, uh, you know, she is uh, an outstanding individual and probably the perfect person to help advance what Springdale is trying to do downtown. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. I, I told her uh, the other day because we're becoming good friends and I was like, you know, Jill. I said, if I had met you, I don't know if I'd stay. Right. You know, because she is 100% cheerleader sure. um, for Springdale yep. and director downtown Springdale Alliance. So she looks to see what's good and right. how can it be better. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what is, I mean, it's, it's hard to ask you what's next, right? Because you're mm-hmm. kind of in the middle of the Bauhaus Beer Garden. But what is next for you in it, with this? I mean, are you guys going to... How are you hoping to expand the footprint of what you're doing with this in terms of creating awareness throughout Northwest Arkansas, right? Right. And it's, uh, Daniel and I have talked about, you know, what are we going to do with this? Now, sure. You know, so we, we open October 8th, so grand opening. Mm-hmm. We'll do some soft openings next month, which okay. means just small groups of people okay. that won't be too critical, right? Yeah. Yep. And we want to, as I said, be a place where people want to come and gather in community so we talked about like, is this something we'd want to put in other cities in yeah. Northwest Arkansas to build that community? Or is it something that we want exclusive to Springdale that brings other culinary talent to us yeah. to share in the Northwest Arkansas area? Yeah. So we're still kind of toggling between what's the best, the best fit. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see the iterations that come out of this initial project. And so I'm I'm really excited about it. I did want to ask just jump back to your menu mm-hmm. here at the Bauhaus Beer Garden. Now, are you making spetzla by any chance? Oh, my gosh. I'm having a <laughs> flashback from Ruth Festival last year. Yeah, we made spetzla for, what, 700 people, a la minute, maybe not again. Okay. Um, that would be a special. Okay. Yes. Okay. So right. our, our everyday menu is truly, so we'll have um, knockwurst, bratwurst, Vice first, which is a veal and pork, sure. uh, white sausage, mm-hmm. uh, beef frankfurters. Mm-hmm. And that'll be with whole grain mustard that I make. Oh, we do man. a braised onion and sauerkraut and caraway yeah. seed. Okay. Um, we'll do our version of like a poutine. So it'll be your fries with Wisconsin cheese curds Ooh. and some of that onion and sauerkraut and sausage oh, mix- mixture on top. Man. Of course, we have the giant pretzels because yes, everyone yes, loves those. Yes. We'll have and you're making pickles. those in house? No, we want we're playing around with that, but yeah. they're not. They're not. It's not easy to make. It's not easy. Yeah, it's and we've not. made them, and they're not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear. So you. So we are looking like if there is uh, a baker out there listening, <laughs> please, we need some brochin, which right. is what we uh, what I really want for want those sausages. For yeah, um, and we'll do some pickles. Some potato salad, things like that. Okay, and then we'll do our special pop ups, which may be a schnitzel with Jaeger sauce. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. So, are you doing anything? Is so is every everything beef, pork, and veal? Or is there anything with chicken in it? Are there any? Is it not be- currently? And we've talked about that back and forth about our vegetarians. So sure. 
Because the crazy thing, the reason why I'm asking this is when I lived in Germany, mm. I ate red meat, I mm-hmm, ate pork, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I was living the life. Right. I don't eat any of that right. anymore. And I just, you know, it's like, so for me, like I have, I get like organic vegan sausages and stuff like that. And I get it. I know people are listening and turning <laughs> their nose up like, come on, man, if you're going to eat it, you got to eat, eat it. it. So, yeah. But but yeah, there's something to be said for other options that might be available. And I've actually had some really good, you know, vegan sausages and, and some really good chicken sausages that were out of this world. But, you know, I don't. Yeah. I don't, I'm just asking. It's, it's, I know. I'm still going to come and eat there. I just thought I would ask. Well, so, we had you know. the, the all beef frankfurter for the non-pork eaters right 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 right. and we talked about like for a vegetarian or a chicken option which not really right now so we were like well we have other things that people can enjoy it might not be that that brought yeah but they could have the pretzel or the fries i'm gonna have i'm definitely gonna have the fries i'm definitely gonna have the cartoffel salad (laughs) uh, because i love potato salad Uh and uh and I, i will enjoy all of that and and certainly I am not uh, adverse to enjoying some beer, so. But I am. I am really okay if people are listening and say, "Hey, I don't eat beef or pork, but there is a fabulous chicken sausage, or yeah. there's a fabulous veggie sausage, right?" Because there's so many that are not fabulous. Yeah. So right. if there's it, one that's like a stellar one, stellar one, we yeah. definitely are willing to yeah. look into it yeah, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Well, we'll we'll figure that out. Yeah. I mean, you guys are just getting started, and mm-hmm. I'm sure over time you'll you'll continue to fine tune that menu. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. That's exciting. So. Well, listen, tell our audience where they can find you guys in Springdale. Absolutely. So we are in historic downtown Springdale and Bauhaus Beer Garden is right on the corner of, was that Allen and Holcomb? Okay. We're across from the post office and the fire department. Okay. Okay. We're at the exact address is 326 Holcomb Street. We're suite 102. You'll see it. Huge white building with a beautiful Aztec mural on the side okay. is next to us. Okay. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Yep, yep. And is there a website? Absolutely. So buyhousebeergarden.com. Okay. B-A-U-H-A-U-S Beer Garden. That's B-I-E-R-G-A-R-T-E-N.com. Dot com. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. All right. Well, you got to go out there. Check out Chef Jennifer Hill, Booker, and Chef Daniel Hentz. Tell them that the folks at I Am Northwest Arkansas <laughs> sent you there for a stein of beer. Yes. And please enjoy one on me and, and let me know what you think about it. So, yes. But Chef Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on the Absolutely. podcast. We really appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to get this together. Yes. And we wish you guys nothing but success there in downtown Springdale. We know that you're going to really make a difference in that community. So continued success with that. And if you ever need anything from the I Am Northwest Arkansas tribe, just let us know. Absolutely. And thanks. Thanks for having me. I know we've talked about it for yeah, a while. Absolutely. And coming out in this beautiful facility. So Oh, I, I know. It, it is insane. So yes. we're here at the library recording as always. But yes. yeah, no, shout out to those guys. But thank you so much, Chef Jennifer Hill Booker, the Bauhaus Beer Garden, Springdale, Arkansas. You need to check it out for yourself. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. And listen, there's nothing like homemade mustard. <laughs> so you need to check it out and try it for yourself and let us know what you think. So. Yes, October 8th, grand opening. Perfect. All right. Exactly. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. Excited to bring you all of the things happening here in Northwest Arkansas and the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life. Just remember, keep doing the good things that you're doing to make the world a better place. And I will see you Next week, we have a new episode every Monday that drops rain or shine. Take care. Peace.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.